This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. And as for all the Jet fans out there, you got to have faith. Because tomorrow's a big game. Uh, I guess one of the cautions is how did the Jets respond to the noise that they're hearing about the potential to steal this division? Because that's what it would be. Five and a half wins was the Vegas over-under for this team. They've already surpassed that. So obviously there was no aspiration or prediction of them winning the AFC East. You're on the doorstep of that halfway through the halfway through the year because you still got eight games left to play. But just because of you know how you've taken care of business so far against the Bills and the Dolphins and the opportunity to do so against the Pats puts you in a favorable position that even if they win tomorrow and they're in first place, they're not going to be favored to win the division. But the fact that this, this is a conversation is admirable. And no one expected us to be here. So you wonder, how is this young Jets team uh, with a young head coach in his second year, a, a young quarterback in his second year, responding to this noise? How are they going to come out following that big win against the Bills? Because you don't rest on your laurels. You're not good enough to come out and sleepwalk. Like The Jets still have to give you maximum effort for 60 minutes. The defense can keep you in games. But the Jets simply aren't elite enough offensively to overcome like bad first halves, especially on the road against Bill Belichick. So that that pressure is now mounting against a team with legitimate expectations now, and we're gonna see how they deal with it. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We go to Subi in Midtown. What's up, Subi? Hey man. Uh, hey man. I was just wondering if I was the only one who noticed. Zach Wilson being more accurate with his side angle throws than his uh, regular throws, and I was just wondering if that he can make that a normal thing, especially because he gets off the ball, he gets the ball off quicker. And then also with Zach Wilson, uh, you know, comparing him to Justin Fields, would the Jets be the same team if Justin Fields was on this team? I mean, the defense is probably thinking all the time, "Hey, we have to make a play, we have to make a play." With Justin Fields. It's like he's the one making the plays and trying to save the team. That's that's all I got to say. Appreciate the call, Subi. On the sidearm throws, I have noticed that. I don't know if that becomes more you know, frequent as part of his repertoire, but obviously it's something he's comfortable doing in certain situations. And we, we, we see a bunch of quarterbacks do the sidearm. Russell Wilson would do it. You know, Patrick Mahomes does it. So I guess it just depends on the situation. And if it calls for it, you just want him to be judicious about it. And and you know not turn the ball over. I don't I don't care if he's throwing underhand. Just don't throw it to the other team. You do throw it whatever you way you want to do it. Just don't give it to New England's defensive backs. That's all I care about. And as far as Justin Fields, I guess right now Justin Fields on the season uh, has had a better year than, than Zach Wilson because Justin Fields as of late you know has played really well despite that awful loss last week to the Lions. They should have won that game, but you know we went toe to toe a couple weeks ago with. Um, with uh, the Dolphins and, and a game that the Bears had a chance to win. Uh, but Justin Fields has, has, has played pretty well lately. In his last three games, he's got, you know, seven touchdowns to just one interception. And, and it's not just what he's doing, throwing the football, obviously rushing. Yeah, a buck 47 he rushed for last week. Two weeks ago, a rush for a buck 78. So he's given uh, you some 
production through the air and with his legs. So would the Jets be further along just right now this season if Justin Fields was the quarterback? Then I, I would venture to say yeah, just because of the dual threat that he is and now he's performed well. But as far as who has the higher ceiling between the two quarterbacks uh, at this point, I don't I don't know that the answer is Justin Fields. I don't know that it's not. But I, I, I don't think we have that answer just yet. VJ in Brooklyn wants to talk about Zach Wilson. What's up, VJ? What's up, Ty? Um, Yo. I just – can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? Ty? Okay. Um, in regard to Buddha, your I believe he was called about two – about two callers ago. You guys were referencing Zach has to play better, and I agree with that. But – my question to you guys is, he's in his, what, 19th game, second year, and what's his record this year? Is he 4-1 or 5-1? and one? He's 5-1 five, he's five so, in the six games, 5-1. and one. He's 5-1, and one, so, yeah, he does have to play better, but, I mean, you guys got to put some respect on his name. I mean, somewhat. 5-1 and one is, nothing, is nothing to... Uh, to laugh at and it's nothing to laugh at but we understand that like the the reason why the jets are winning these games aren't because they're getting excellent quarterback play it's because the defense has been great and zach wilson has been either average or below average but not shooting himself in the foot like he did against new england you you're you're understanding that it's it's not sustainable. Like if he if 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 Zach Wilson is going to stay at this level the rest of the season, then I don't think the Jets have any chance of winning this division. I, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. He does have to play better. But but where I disagree with you is it's not the defense is definitely the the strong part of our team. But he's done what he's had to do uh, against against you know teams to win games I, I don't it's hard to win an NFL game is at least that's the cliche I've all, I always I've always heard and he's won five or uh, five out of six okay but let's look at it the, 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 his latest win and look VJ his latest win he threw for a buck 54 okay it gets New England th- a career high 355 and we would all admit it was his worst game because of three interceptions the week before that against Denver Threw for a buck twenty-one. The week before that against Green Bay, threw for a buck ten. So he's not lighting it up. We're simply saying that devoid of, you know, mistake, devoid of making mistakes. Yes, he's able to put his team in position to win. But in order for them to get to that next level, a level we think they can get to, because we're confident in how great this defense has been, he has to improve. And as the number one, as the number two overall pick, that's not too much of an expectation. I'll give you. I'll give you that. But again, my, I guess my biggest argument with with you with you and Buddha would be, he's in year two, and thus far this year, he's five and one. He does need to play better. I do think the packages that they give him are keeping his yardage, his his totals for yard for yard thrown. I I do believe that's keeping those numbers low. But Listen, uh, but let me ask you a question, VJ. Let me ask you a question. Because you seem to be higher on on Zach than not just being Buddha, but then in his own his own coaching staff. Like, so if the coaching staff isn't designing plays for him to have more yards through the air, which would facilitate them facilitate them being able to better win games, then it obviously means they don't trust him just yet. 
Well, I think that is because he has made bad decisions exactly. in the past. Just That's like, the point we're making, though. Like, but, yeah, but but he, but he, I think you guys are overlooking the fact that this is his 19th game. We're not overlooking that, dude. Like, we, see, we have seen consistently these second-year quarterbacks make the leap. Like, we saw it with Herbert. We saw it with Burrow. Like, we saw it with Mahomes. So if you're going to be in that conversation of the upper, we saw with Josh Allen, you know, upper Lamar Jackson, I, the list goes on and on. The upper echelon quarterbacks make that leap in year two, and our our problem just is that he we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it. Okay, okay, I I, I hear you. I'll I'll respectfully disagree, but I hear you, bro. Um, hopefully we'll get another win tomorrow, and hopefully he does play better. Uh, we we'll agree on that point. I'm rooting for that, and I appreciate the call, VJ. I, I'm not root. I, I'm a Jet fan. I'm not rooting against Zach Wilson. I would love for him to. And, and I actually said in hour one that I'm waiting for the day when we can preview a game and not have the sentiment be, well, he doesn't have to go out there and throw for 300 yards. No, I want that that to be the expectation. We know Zach Wilson's gonna throw for 300 yards. We know he's gonna put us in position to win. We know that if the game is in his hands late. He is going to facilitate a drive that puts us over the top. I want that to be the case. So I'm not coming on here ripping him because I, you know, it, it's something I take pleasure in doing. And I don't even think I'm ripping him. I'm simply saying he just needs to play better. Because uh, as I outlined, like you, you can bring up the five and one record, the quarterback record is something that we, we, we can't use that just to make every every point. Like, that's not something that is always going to be the take-home point. Quarterback record. People love to do that with Jimmy Garoppolo and his and how great his quarterback record is. But I don't know I don't know that anyone would argue that if you didn't replace him with a guy who was just a little bit better, San Francisco right now wouldn't be one of the favorites to win the NFC. Because that team is talented. We believe in their head coach in Shanahan. So if they had a guy who was slightly better than Jimmy G, we would be all over them as far as their chances to win the NFC, despite Jimmy Garoppolo's great quarterback record. So quarterback record is not always you know something we can draw ourselves to when analyzing and evaluating. We're watching the games. We're watching every snap. And when I tell you that in, in, in wins this year for, for Zach, 250, and here, here are passing yards. And let's not just do passing yards. Let's, let's do the entire stat line. In the win against Pittsburgh, 252, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's a win. In the win against Miami, 210, no touchdowns, no interceptions. In the win against Green Bay, a buck 10, no touchdowns, no interceptions. In the win against Denver, a buck 21, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's one, two, three, four wins where his touchdown to interception ratio it's literally one to two. And then in his fifth win last week, he threw for a buck 54 and a touchdown. So in the wins this year, Zach Wilson has thrown two touchdowns and two interceptions. Don't give me quarterback record. Don't give me quarterback record. More of your phone calls coming up. 800-919-3776. Also want to get into the Giants. Trap game tomorrow against the Lions. Is it disrespectful that they're only favored by three points? Detroit stinks. And I get they, they've won two straight against Green Bay and, and Chicago. So two you know tough divisional opponents. 
they found ways to win. They can move the ball. But the Giants being favored by three points at home just feels slightly disrespectful. It's a massive game, though. It It is a massive game. And we'll talk about that coming up right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Wanted to touch on the Giants because they play what many would consider to be a trap game tomorrow against the Lions. And I'm looking at uh, just the line. How are the Giants only favored by three points? Which means that if, if this is a neutral site game, it, it would be a pick em. The Lions are terrible. They're 3-6 they're and six on the season, and I get they've won back-to-back games against the Bears and the Packers, but on the year, they've got a, a minus 45-point differential. They're terrible. How, how, how is this line only minus three? Uh, so doing some, some digging and, and trying to think along with Vegas, here's the conclusion that I've come to. So the Giants have played nine games this year. And all but one have been decided by one score. And the only game that was a blowout was right before the bye. They went to Seattle uh, and got their you know backsides handed to them. But all year long, the Giants are playing close games. So there is a little bit of, you know, this is why Brian Dable is the coach of the year. Because no one believes the Giants are just overcome by an overwhelming uh, amount of talent. This is strictly a, a masterful coaching performance by Brian Dable to get them uh, to be 7-2, and two, one game back of the best record in all of the NFC. So the Giants, while you know winning these games, they're doing it closely because in, in fourth quarters, they've been able to, to make the plays. Defensively, getting stops. We saw it against Baltimore you know, the, uh, on Lamar Jackson, the pick that he threw. We saw it against Green Bay, uh, the strip sack. And then, you know, offensively, Saquon, you know, pick a game where he scores a big touchdown. They had the big two-point conversion uh, he scored in the opener against the Titans. So the Giants are doing this because Jones has played well, because Barkley is having a tremendous season. And, you know, outside of the quarterbacks, could argue is in the MVP conversation. But it's it's been a lot of coaching. And that's probably why we're looking at this game and we're saying, yeah, it, it's right. The number is right where it is. Another reason could be, do we see a little bit of looking past the Lions? And the, the, the Giants come out a little slow tomorrow, looking ahead to that big showdown against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And they have to, in order to win this game, do it from comfort behind fashion. Could that be a factor? Maybe. But I would suspect Brian Dable understands this moment. He understands how big of a game this is. And in trying to coach his team out of looking past a football team because, you know, they say any given Sunday teams can win. We saw that last week, Jets, Bills, right? We saw the Vikings come from 17, and the Vikings are a pretty good team, but to come from 17 down against uh, a, a, a squad the the as good as Buffalo, you know, no one expected that. So we've seen upsets happen. Brian Dable, I trust, is one that's going to say, no, 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 no. We're, we're not even talking about Thanksgiving. This is a game that we need to win because we're not talented enough, and that's no disrespect to the players, but we're, we're not talented enough to just show up 
and flash our badge. And, you know, yeah, we're the New York football giants. We can win this game with our eyes closed. That's just not going to happen. The Giants got to come out and win games the way they have been all season, and that's on coaching. But from a player standpoint, that is effort, execution, and then defensively shut teams down. That's how they're winning games. That's how they're 7-2. and two. Now, as far as what we saw Monday night between the Eagles and the Commanders, which was just, you know, officiating malpractice, because the calls we saw late in that game that went against Philadelphia just made no sense. And I didn't love Taylor Heineke celebrating, you know, 15 yards because he's flopping all over the place. I I get that technically it's the right call. You get you got to flag him there, and and it wins the game for Washington. But for him to be celebrating, I, I don't be a loser, dude. But the ramification of that is that the Giants now are just one game back of the NFC East. So we spent a lot of time talking about what a win tomorrow would be for the Jets as far as the landscape of the AFC East and getting into in, into first place. But for the Giants, I mean, you get to 8-2, and two, you're one game back in the loss column. You've got two games left against the Eagles. One game against the Cowboys, two against the Commanders, and then one against the Vikings. I think that if I had to bet my money, the Giants are not going to win this division. I think that the road is too tough. Those are six tough games that I just don't think the Giants are going to be able to overcome in pursuit of winning this division. But they, I absolutely think they'll make the playoffs. But you can dream if you're a Giant fan. You win this game tomorrow. Then you beat, I guess tomorrow you're also hoping that the Vikings, uh, who are hosting the Cowboys, you're rooting for Minnesota to win that game. But whether you know whether or not that's the case, you take care of business tomorrow, you take care of business on Thursday, and you're sitting pretty. You can, you can actually fantasize about being the number one seed in the NFC and getting a first-round bye, which is crazy. You, you ask any Giant fan if before the season they thought that would have happened. The number one seed. So, look, you win this game tomorrow. It's the biggest game on th- Thursday. becomes the biggest game you played in six years. You go all the way back to the playoffs at Lambeau Field uh, against the Packers. A game that did not end pretty for you. You know, with Odell before the game, you know, running around with his shirt off in, in negative 10-degree weather. And then Aaron Rodgers just throwing Hail Marys en route to embarrassing you. So it didn't end well, but this would, on Thursday, become the biggest game you played since then, the most anticipated, because everyone understands the gravity of the marquee Thanksgiving matchups. And before the year, when we're projecting, you know, how everything can shake out, you're like, it's going to be a big game for the Cowboys because they're battling the Eagles for the division. And it's like, wait, hold up. No, it's not just a a big game for the Cowboys. It's also a big game for the Giants who have found themselves in striking distance of stealing this division. So that becomes highly anticipated. It's the 4 o'clock game. I know Rothenberg is going to be beside himself watching that on Thanksgiving because that's going to go one of two ways, you know, especially because it's against, you know, the hated rival Dallas Cowboys. It's either going to put the exclamation point and the finishing touches on what should be a a beautiful holiday for him, or it's going to completely ruin it. It's going to completely ruin it for him. And I'm filling in for Dave on on his morning show, DNR, Friday morning from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., following uh, what what should be a a tremendous day of football on Thanksgiving. So uh, apparently he said 
last week that if the Giants win this game, he's going to do the show with me for three hours, which I'm rooting for. Haven't been on radio with Dave since I left you know, producing Saturday morning, so I think that would be fun, which means I got to now root for the Giants on Thanksgiving. I mean, I don't like the Cowboys either, so it shouldn't be that tough. But if the Giants win that game, I, I get to have my guy Dave with me for three hours on, on Black Friday, which is pretty cool. But I also think when you when you look at like entertainment value, aren't we hitting our ape Jacob? Like if we if we just measure this, like just throw rooting interest aside, like just throw away rooting interest aside, and we're we're targeting entertainment value, like to to get our apex of entertainment value. Isn't it better if the Giants lose on like a walk off field goal on Thanksgiving? Just because of like what it does to Dave Rothenberg. Oh, absolutely. That means when we walk in, what is it? Dave has a show Friday, maybe. Yeah. So when we walk in Friday, we'll be hearing uh, maybe the best or the worst of Dave Rothenberg. That, that's what I'm rooting for because he says when so I'm doing the show with him. For, uh, I'm doing the show for him and Rick on Friday. He says if they lose, he's not coming on. He's only going to come on if they win. But I, <laughs> I think that it would be better. Like it would be much better radio. If he's able to do the show with me following like a heartbreaking loss, I think that would be exciting because I, we get to hear him like on the air just completely fall apart. I think if he, even if the Giants do lose, he has to be obligated to join you. Like, yeah, it, we got to talk about it. It would make so much better radio to hear Dave in agony over his team and then what led up to certain plays. Like, it's not even what he does, it's the little stories that he does in between that. Him throwing fits and yeah, like what happens to the family because you know you got to get the knives and any sharp <laughs> objects away. By the way, so the uh, talking about that that Commanders Eagles game. Did you see our guy Rosenberg's video he put out? Shirtless, belly out. Oh, I think yeah, where well, he was in the crib after the win. Yeah, after the win, he's celebrating shirtless. I was uh, <laughs> I was kind of concerned because I didn't know where the hell it was going. <laughs> yeah, like where are we going with this video, my G? <laughs> He was excited because, it, I mean, the, the commanders were 11-point dogs in Philly, rightfully so, and they didn't just win. Uh, they didn't just cover it. They won outright and won by double digits on that last-second touchdown. So, I mean, they had him celebrate. So I, I I wonder if, let's just say the Giants went on a game-winning field goal against Dallas, if we were going to video from Dave. Now, you think Dave would go shirtless? Dave shirtless is not a pretty sight. Now, did you do that after the Jets went over the Bills? No, nah, I didn't do that, but I was screaming. Oh, I was right there with you. I was uh, in studio losing my mind. I was pumping my chest out. I'm, I'm screaming, man. I, I'm on Twitter and, and all caps saying, you know, the Bills were expected to, to win the Super Bowl. They might not even win their division. I, I was going crazy. That's how I let my excitement. I don't, I don't do the whole rip the shirt off Hollywood Hulk Hogan style. I'm celebrating with all caps on Twitter, and that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. Oh, no, tomorrow. New England. Listen, we get the win over New England after, what, seven years? 14 seven straight. Years. I'm definitely going to pull a Hulk Hogan. Are you ripping the, 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 the shirt is coming off? Shirt and tank top coming off. Are you So you're not working tomorrow? You're not going to be in studio? Oh, I'm absolutely going to be in studio. Working, oh, so in, gonna... working the Knicks game, watching the Jets game. So who are you working with tomorrow? Because so, the Knicks are on the road, so Santiago's going to be in the studio with you. Who else is going to be in the studio with you? I think it might be Harvey. He might be a little concerned for me, but, you know. So you're going to be in the studio shirtless with Harvey and Santiago. Not a good look. 
<laughs> I think we might re- we gotta rethink that the, how we celebrate this win tomorrow. Because if if, if any, let's just say a a janitor walks by, and you're sitting at the board, presumably Harvey's at the producer seat, and and right across from him is Santiago, and you're at the board shirtless, and they're just sitting there. That that's that's the odd sight. It is, but. Sh- you know, good thing in my locker I have a bunch of uh, 98.7 promo shirts, so I can easily <laughs> just throw one of those on right quick. Throw one, so do you wait an hour? How, like, how long How long are you giving yourself to celebrate shirtless before you throw the, throw another shirt on? Oh, no, at least like 15, 15 to 20 minutes of me just flexing for no reason. <laughs> flexing, I love it. <laughs> Listen, there's going to be a lot of Jet fans out there who's going shirtless. I know the K-Show does this thing where, like, if there's a big game, you, you got to watch it in nudity. Uh, but look, you beat the Patriots tomorrow in Foxborough, and you snapped that 13 game losing streak. Do whatever you want. You can storm the streets like Knicks fans did after Game Two, uh, the playoffs a couple of years against the Hawks. I was at the Garden, so I witnessed all that. You can storm the streets if you're a Jets fan, and you come away with the victory. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Back to your phone calls. More NFL. We got to get to basketball as well because I don't know if you're watching. What's going on in New York? But the Knicks might have an R.J. Barrett problem that we have to discuss. So we'll get to that uh, right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. For our producers in the studio, like when is it too early to say Happy Thanksgiving? Because like I've already started, like last night we had the event. And I started saying happy Thanksgiving to people, but we're still, at that point, it was six days shy of Thanksgiving. Is that too early? Does that even make sense to say happy Thanksgiving, a holiday that's still a little less than a week away? I don't think it's too early. Uh, I mean, I have I went to a couple Friendsgivings like earlier this month, and I might have said it then. So... You should earlier feel, this month. Earlier this month. So weeks ago. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. So weeks before Thanksgiving, you were saying Happy we, Thanksgiving. Exactly. I mean, because there's people I might not see around Thanksgiving, or may not see again until like Christmas. So I got to. But give, then you, I so I guess you got to qualify it with, if I don't see you, Happy Thanksgiving. You can't just say Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I just can't. I'm not. I'm not going out there to say Happy Thanksgiving. Like no, but I, like I said, I. I've said it a couple times. I've gotten out the way, and this was probably like three weeks ahead of uh, Thanksgiving. How about you, Chantel? Too soon or no? Like, wh- wh- what's that like line of demarcation where we can? Oh, Chantel stepped out the room, but I, wh- was that line of demarcation where we can wish you know people happy Thanksgiving? That's Cause <laughs> Jacob's going back weeks. I mean, that's a little early, my G. It is, but it's also like that question, like. When do you set up your tree for Christmas? Like, I know people that probably set it up before Thanksgiving. I know people that set it up on Thanksgiving night, so. Oh, I got my tree already set up. Now, look at you. See, you're one of those people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is the earliest I've ever done it. We caught a nice little deal from uh, uh, from from one of the distributors, and, and we, we got it popping early. Get it out the way. And, you know, lights and, and ornaments on that bad boy, and, and we, we on it popping early. Now, you, uh letting it sit past new year's eve a couple yeah. of days into the new year yeah definitely my rule is you have you have to enter the the new year with the tree still up because it's still the season like the, the tree adds to that flavor of the season so you got to get to at least new year's eve with it yeah i might I'm, i might just new year's eve start taking it down as a family like i don't want to be doing anything on new year's eve i want to you know be chilling and watching my guy uh 
on, 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 on ABC. Watching my guy on ABC bring the new year in. That's what I want to be. I want to be taking the tree down. I guess. I mean, I'm usually working on New Year's Eve, so this is a... I guess I'd rather be taking down the tree than working. And my guy, honest. I'm talking about Ryan Seacrest, one of my idols. That's one of my dreams. One year, I got I got to bring in New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest. If, he, if he's listening to the show, Ryan Seacrest, you've been my guy since your American Idol days. I want to bring... That's, that's like one of my at biggest aspirations. I want to bring in the new year with you. Well, you're shooting for the stars, and I... I absolutely love it. Okay, I can see you hosting. I would love to do it. You have to. I mean, I would love to do you do it. that. I don't even know if I know Ty Butler anymore. Let me keep on it. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. You helped me get there. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines. We go Richard in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Ty. Listen, more football games, many more football games in the NFL are lost than won. Now, when you watch the Giants, you can see that Dayball has his grips on Daniel Jones. It reminds me of Parcells. Parcells controlled the game. It didn't matter what the quarterback statistics were. He won with Ray Lucas. He could win with anyone. He had control of the game, and he had that because he controlled the quarterbacks. That's how I feel Dable has with Daniel, James, Daniel Jones. Any way it takes to win the game. Now, the Jets don't really have that. Even though they have a better defense than the Giants, I don't feel that Salah has the same grip on, on uh, Zach Wilson. Now, you were getting into the, his statistics and yard. None of that means anything because you can have 300 yards and lose the game. So it doesn't matter. Whatever it takes to win the game, you win the game. Quarterback statistics really don't mean anything. And in the old days, they never even looked at quarterback stacks as long as you won the game. They didn't go by one loss record. They never did that in the NFL or the AFL. They didn't you know, count your wins. But like the caller said, he's 5-1. You can't do much better than that. And if you believe what Bill Parcell says, you are what your record is. And that's what he is, 5-1. Now, he has to be, make better decisions. That I'll agree with. He's got to be a better quarterback. But I won't cite statistics for the reason being a better. He just can't make mistakes because more games are Richard, lost Richard, than one. Richard, let me ask you a question. Yes. What, are, what, are, what are these mistakes that he can't make? Because you don't want to use Oh, he makes some crazy throws. He runs out of the pocket. He turns his back on, on the defense. And you can't do that in the NFL. You've got to know what to do and when to do it so that you do not lose the game. You watch Jones, Daniel Jones. He hasn't done one thing this year where you can say maybe that one interception where Debo got all over In the end zone, yeah, the interception in the Daniel end zone. Jones, right. That yeah. was it. But in all nine, ten games that he's played, he has not made any glaring mistakes. So, now, you brought up the fact that the Giants are disrespected. Now, look, now I wouldn't say they're disrespected, but there is something odd with that line because they're a three-point favorite, yet they're three games better than the Lions, and they're playing at home. But the only thing I'll say about that is maybe Vegas thinks that the Lions are much better than in the record shows. So I won't take the negative aspect of the Giants. I'll take a positive aspect with the Lions. Another game tomorrow you can look at, and I've never seen this, 8-1 uh, eight, eight Vikings playing at home. Oh, yeah, with their they're, they're, getting, they're, they're, they're getting a point and a half at a home against the Cowboys. Underdog, a home yeah. underdog. Yeah. That's unbelievable. 
And uh, you can't, you know, you got to take that game. I mean, just take it because that makes no sense. As, as I would say, the Giant game, you got to take the Giants. It just makes no sense that the Giants should only be a three-point favorite. And if they don't win by three or more points, then <laughs> they're not as good as we think. But you know what? Let's beat that. You know, as Thanksgiving comes, let's New York fans thankful for the Giants and Jets to do what they've been doing this year. Nobody ever thought we'd be using words like trap game or they shouldn't take this team lightly. Yeah. or You know, the expressions we're using for the Jets and Jets. I mean, it's just wonderful that every game, every week, they've been in the games for most part, except for them couple games with Joe Flacco playing for the Jets. Other than, And he did win one game. But other than that, it's been great watching both teams and the competitiveness, the closeness of the games, and you always feel like we're in every game. Unlike last year where the games were unwatchable. They weren't even bad games. They were unwatchable games. So it's been a big improvement this year. So let's be thankful for that. Ty, always a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Richard. And, I mean, you hit it right on. I, not much I can add to that. The fact that we're, we're, we're using terms like trap game and, you know, f- f- game that determines first place in the division for, for both of these teams, you know, biggest game in six years, biggest game in seven years. The fact that that's the commentary surrounding these two football teams, I mean, it's a miracle. No one expected this. Not just for them to be functional and relevant and, and right the ship, but for them to be pretty, pretty good teams. Pretty, pretty good teams. Lonnie in the car, what's up? Kick in the doorway, then the full four. All you heard was tired. Don't hit me no, no more. more. <laughs> What's up, uh, What up, baby? Doing? Finally had to make this call. I had to step into the dojo. My boy Aaron in the car did it, so did I'm it. ready to kick it with you too, baby. What's up? I love it. Kick it with Taekwondo. What's up? Talk to me. That's right. I got my gi on in the car and everything, riding around, ready to kick something. It was good to see kick you last night. Up. It was great to see you yeah. there. I, I was listening to, to you on, on Dave's show this morning. You were very disappointed because apparently Wes comes all the way from Florida and and Dave's such a bad guy, didn't take any opportunity to, you know, all he's right, going to All right, let's stop, but let's stop. Let's not talk about Cousin Dave like that. You grilled he him, though. You grilled air. him. That was he you. He cleared the air. He cleared the air. We did not know him and Rick, and everybody was behind the little section area, you know, giving photos, you know, taking photos and everything. It would have been nice. It's a bad job, I think. ESP. I don't want to say it was distinctly him. I'm not going to do that. But it would have been nice if somebody from ESPN distinctly would have came over to us. I mean, we was in there causing a ruckus. So it would have been nice if somebody would have came over there and said, hey, look, listen, we know you guys are here for, you know, DPH or in Rothenburg. If you guys want to go take some photos with them, they're here and here. Especially with you too, Ty. You already know it's all love for you too. And um, DJ uh, uh, – Juanito. The, the DJ as well. Not Juanito, but, yeah, DJ Juanito and then the uh, Chantel oh, Jacob. Well. Like it's just, yeah, Jacob as well. I wanted to say hi to all of you guys. So, you know, the, you listen, we, the company is mainly here for Dave and Rick, but we support everybody. You see we got Aaron in the car calling you. I, I finally, listen, Ty, every time you throw him, you, you on, I'm sending out tweets so you know I'm listening. I just Yo, I, appreciate I finally had to that. make the call. Yeah, I appreciate so, uh, that. Like I said, like you said last night, it was great to see you guys. It was great to finally meet. Um, listen, you was talking about my Giants earlier and the turkey tasting bad. I need you to stop talking like that. One, because I know Dave will fly off the handles, and I don't need that. It does make for great radio, though. I tell you that it much, does. especially with him and Santee being on the same show. makes for excellent radio, but I don't need that. I need my turkey to taste as good as possible because I need the Cowboys to lose. I need the Cowgirls to just go down in shambles to my Giants 
the big G men on on Thanksgiving. I need that. Just like you need your Jets to win this Sunday. And I was talking to Jacob just now. Like, listen, me as a Giants fan, I am sick of the Jets losing to the Patriots. It needs to stop. It needs to come to an end. <laughs> this is the week that it, they need to go into Foxborough and smack them around. Get it done. The flight plan needs to be on point. I've done what I came to done. Listen, if there was ever a time, and I appreciate the call, Lonnie, if there was ever a time for Zach Wilson to show us that he's the quarterback of the future, it would be tomorrow afternoon in Foxborough, where all we keep hearing about is young quarterbacks going to die. Jets have lost 13 straight games to Bill Belichick. They had one in the pocket, in the bag, a couple of weeks ago at home at MetLife Stadium where you know a, a pick six would have made it 17-3, to three, but it was nullified by just an, a, a, an atrocious rough-in-the-passer call. Jets still had an opportunity to win that game, but Zach Wilson decided that he just was in love with throwing the ball to the other team. If there was ever a time for us to finally jump on the Zach Wilson is the future bandwagon, it would be tomorrow afternoon in Foxborough. The Jets are right now, if we're being honest, being held back by the quarterback. Because people want to sit out there and, and throw out he's 5-1, and, and, and the quarterback record can only go so far. I gave you the numbers. He's not performing well enough you know, to complement what everyone I've heard on this station, a couple of people call a championship-level defense. And I think the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, or, or we should be talking about a championship. But Jack Wilson owes it to the franchise that drafted him number two overall to simply go out there and play better. He owes it to his defense to go out there and perform better. Because if he does, and he's mistake-free, the Jets, for the first time in, since 2010, will be in first place this late in the season. And me, I'm excited about it. More of your phone calls coming up on 9870 SPN.